You're listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose. Hey, Purpose peeps, we are back with another episode of the Black Girls with Purpose podcast. If you follow us on Instagram or if you are subscribed to our podcast feed, then you know that we did not post a new episode last week because we're working on some exciting things for 2019. Uh, So I'm really excited, as I always am, to uh, get back to the podcast this week and just be back on your radio or your phone or wherever it is that you're playing me. Uh, I hope that you've had a great December so far. I can't believe we're almost halfway through the month and that um, we are like 2019 is coming and um, it's been cool just being home and having time to spend with family. So I've just been soaking all of that in in between recording episodes um, for the upcoming weeks. With all that said, though, I do want to um, get into what we'll be talking about for the last month of 2019. But before I do that, I want to take the time to reintroduce myself and the organization to anyone who's new to our community. So I'm Bree. If you did not hear that in the intro already, I'm the founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose, an organization I started back in 2016. Our mission is to illuminate truth, inspire change, and impact the next generation by affirming women in their God-given identities. Uh, we are new to the podcast thing relatively. Uh, we just started back in September, and it's It's just been a really awesome journey. I've enjoyed the accountability. I've enjoyed the Bible studies that God has had me do in preparation for the lessons that we share each week. And I've I've enjoyed just the way that we're continuing to grow as a community. Um, Speaking of community, I do want to extend an invitation to anyone who's new to join Uh, our community by doing a couple things. First, I always recommend that people join our email list by going to blackgirlsofpurpose.org slash join. When you do that, you'll get a free purpose pathway uh, guide that just helps you to discover what on earth you're here for. So it treats like your purpose as a as a journey and everything is a stop. So like stop number one, we'll talk about, you know, what your gifts are, what it is you feel like you've been created for. And stop number two, we'll talk about your talents and it just puts all these different pieces together. And then by the end, you should have a a general idea of what it is that God has um, created you to do. What I found is that oftentimes the thing that we've been placed on this earth to do is something that we've been doing already, but because we've been doing it so long, we think that it's a normal thing. So you'll get that purpose pathway um, guide when you subscribe to the email list. You'll also get some coupon codes uh, for our t-shirt line that we launched earlier this year, and you'll get some other freebies just because, you know, I feel like your inbox is your home. And so you, I'm a guest in your home each week. And I like to uh, make sure that I'm not coming empty handed. So if you're into that type of thing, then definitely subscribe to our email list at blackgirlsofpurpose.org slash join. The next thing you can do is simple. Follow us on Instagram if you're not following us already. Um, on Instagram, we share when we have a new podcast episode. We also do social media contests for um, giveaways and different things. And 
it's just a cool thing. Anytime we do events, that's where we post our photos and you can kind of get a glimpse of the kind of work that we've done since we started back in 2016. So if you're interested in that, then follow us on Instagram at Black Girls of Purpose. Now, with all those housekeeping things out of the way, let's get into this month's series. I want to let you know right now that if you have been following us, if you've been subscribed to our podcast previously, this one's going to be a little bit more... um, It's going to be pretty Bible heavy because I'm talking about some things that are bigger than me. I mean, all of this is bigger than me, but uh, I'm going to be giving some scriptures and saying some things that could be potentially viewed as controversial. And I want you to know that this is not the opinion of Brianna Lightfoot Smith. This is what God's word says. And if I acknowledge his word as the foundation for my entire life, then I feel like it's my personal responsibility um, to encourage and teach those who also are following Christ and have decided his word is the foundation for their life. Because I found, especially in these last few weeks, and honestly, just this entire year, there are so many things that we as Christians, myself included, are getting um, pulled into because we don't know God's word for ourselves. And um, we're just being deceived in a lot of ways, uh, which is unfortunate for our entire Christian community because I think instead of going out in the world and influencing the world we're being influenced daily and I don't want this to be the case Uh, I was thinking this morning about how for the first Black Girls of Purpose conference we had last year uh, the message that God had me teach out of was first Peter or he the title was royalty or the chosen ones and he had me teach out of first Peter 2 and 9 and it says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light and I know for me my personal testimony is being called out of darkness like I I share regularly that I had thoughts of suicide as a teen and I know that that was because I didn't understand my identity in Christ and I think that that's what's coming up again in this larger generation is just that people don't understand their identity in Christ they don't understand who it is that they were created to be and they're falling for a lot of different things or they're just looking to sources that God never designed for them to look for to provide them with all of their needs. So that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. And I hope that everything that I share will bless you. I hope that you will meditate on it, that you will do what scripture says and test every spirit. If I say anything that comes off as particularly offensive, if you take it to God and say, God, is there some truth in this? And I pray that he'll reveal um, what truth that he's given me. Again, nothing that I'm saying is my personal opinion. This is coming from scripture. This is coming from Bible study. And if I believe that God's word is his will for our lives, then that's what I'm basing. That's how I'm basing and, and deciding and determining everything. So Uh, I do want to pray before we get into the series just because I want to be submissive to the Holy Spirit and I want to make sure that um, your heart's in the right place too as you're listening. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for this opportunity to come before uh, your daughters, Lord God, and your sons, for those who are um, listening, Lord God. I thank you for this opportunity to just share your word, Lord God. Um, Lord, I just thank you for this time of preparation that you have given me. I thank you that... um, 
your word is true and that it is trustworthy, Lord God. Right now, I just bind up any spirit of um, division in Jesus' name, and I just pray for unity. Lord, I pray that uh, our, your people will be diligent and test every spirit, Lord God, that they would know that what I share is not coming directly from me, but from your Holy Spirit. And in saying that, I pray that nothing comes out of my mouth that is not from you. I pray that this podcast would be glorifying to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For today's study, we'll be coming out of Genesis 3, 1 through 8. And I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It reads, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the tree from the fruit in the trees in the garden, but about the free of, uh, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not die. The serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. All right, y'all. So um, hopefully in that passage you heard where I got the title for today's study, um, Satan talks to Eve and he says, no, you will not be, you will not die. In fact, you will be like God. I I thought it was relevant to start um, with that particular title because I think that everything that I'm going to talk about over the next few weeks comes from our desire to be like God in a lot of ways. And when I say that, I mean, we have this desire for wisdom and for understanding, which in and of itself is not bad uh, because God, I mean, he loves wisdom and he talks about how um, if any of us lack wisdom, we can ask him and he will give it willingly and without reproach. What I'm finding though, and what I'm seeing in, um, even in my life and in the lives of people around me is that instead of following what his word says in James one and five and seeking wisdom from him, we're seeking wisdom from everything. Like we're looking at, you know, science and we're looking at astrology and we're looking at even other people, like people who are in our same boat, we're asking them what it is that we should be doing and tying it back to what I was saying earlier about having thoughts of suicide as a teen. I always tell people that I battled with that because I looked for other people to provide me with my identity. So it was either the friends that I had or the people that I was dating. And I said to myself, okay, well, whoever they say, say I am, that's who I'll be. And in high school, that was really detrimental for me because I ended up not having a lot of friends. And so there wasn't anyone who was constantly affirming me. Um, And because I didn't have someone who was constantly affirming me, then it just caused me to question who it is that God created me to be. And I just was kind of in this dark place for a very long time and not really understanding the that I was chosen, that I was royalty. So there are several things that happen in this particular story that I feel like tie directly with what we're seeing currently. Um, First, the enemy 
the devil who's described as a serpent in here introduces doubt um through that doubt the woman is deceived um by by being deceived she develops a desire for wisdom apart from god and then by giving into her desire she distanced herself and all of humanity from god ultimately now i want to start with looking at the doubt um verse one says did god actually say you should not eat of any tree Anytime we start to question God, we're in trouble already. And this is a great place to state that if you have not chosen the word of God as your standard for living, then you're not likely going to agree with me. I know that um, it was so timely earlier this week, a pastor was talking about, and I'll talk more about this later in the episode, but he was just saying how we have kind of taken the word of God and said, hey, it's open for interpretation. You do what parts of it you're into and what parts you're not, you know, whatever. Do what you feel like is necessary. And um, I think doubting God is so detrimental. And I think it hurts his, I mean, I know he's a jealous God, but I think there's also a part of him that it hurts his feelings because he's like, I love you and everything that I do is for you. And, and, you know, his word says every good and perfect thing is from him. And so if we know that his word is from him and we're doubting it, then we're doubting his character. We're doubting his goodness. And so by the enemy coming and say, did God actually say, then that puts doubt in Eve's head where she's like, oh snap, wait, did he say that? And then she, she uh, is deceived. So she tries to come back to him and be like, oh, no, that's not what God said. He didn't say we couldn't eat of any tree. He just said we can't eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. He said, or we'll, you know, we cannot eat it or touch it or we'll die. Now, what I find very interesting is that in Genesis 2.16, that's when they are given, Adam and Eve are given the original commandment. And God says that they cannot eat of the tree. Or they will die. It doesn't say anything about touching it. It just says if they can't eat of the tree, they will surely die. And in the ESV commentary Bible, it says that these minor variations that Eve makes to the word of God are possibly meant to convey that even at this stage, the woman views God's instruction as human, to, as open to human modification. And that ties back with what I was just saying, how we have gotten to a place in our faith and our walks with God, where we say, okay, I like this part. This part is cool. Like it seems fairly easy to follow. I'll do that, but I'm not going to do this other part. And we feel justified in that because again, the enemy, we don't recognize it necessarily as the enemy introducing the doubt, but we think, okay, well, this was a different time and different people. And there are specific scriptures that we know God said to a specific people like the Israelites, like specific commandments that he gave talking about not cutting your hair and all these different things. But if we look at the entire word of God as his perfect will for us, then we have to understand that anything that he says or anything he prohibits in the, in his word is not to hurt us. It's to help us. And it was the same thing with Adam and Eve. Like he said, you can't eat of this tree because he knew it was going to break fellowship with him. 
And I can't lie, y'all. Some days I'm like, why did you even put the tree in the garden in the first place? You know, we we're foolish in our ways. So why even introduce the temptation? But scripture says no temptation has overtaken you except what's common to man. And with every temptation, God will provide a way of escape. So. Yes, there was this one tree in the middle of the garden, but God gave them an entire garden that they could enjoy from and that they could eat as they please. And they were still like, "Mm, no, I'm not sure if that's what he really means. Like maybe he, you know, maybe he wasn't saying we couldn't have it. Maybe he just thought insert anything, you know, we just, we, (laughs) We love adding to God's word and it's just, it's such a dangerous thing to do that. So in her being deceived, then we see like she ultimately develops this desire for wisdom, which wisdom in and of itself is not a bad thing. James one and five says, and if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives it willingly and without reproach. But what I find is especially in the age of Google, we're not going to God for our direction anymore. Like we're going to other things. We're going to other people. And I've been guilty of this. Even as a Christian, a a woman of faith, there have been times where, you know, I'll feel like God's calling me to do something, but I may call my spiritual mentor and be like, hey, you know, what do you think about this? And God's like, this is what I said. Why are you going back and questioning it? And sometimes we can even use like prayer as an excuse not to move forward in faith because we're just like okay lord well, i'm just gonna pray and meditate on this and he's like no you just need to act i already told you what you need to do but even in extreme examples and we'll get more into this over the next few weeks but you know people are going to psychics and saying hey well what do you think that i should do or what do you see in my future and that is such a dangerous thing And the thing that's even more dangerous is that people think it's okay because they're not in their word regularly and they don't know what scripture says about divination, sorcery and omens and all these sorts of things. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 4:19, when you look to the heavens and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the array of heaven, do not be led astray to bow down and worship them. Or you don't know that Deuteronomy 5.17 says, you shall have no other gods before me. Or if you don't know that Deuteronomy 18.9-14 says, no one among you is to practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or familiar spirit, or inquire of the dead. If you don't know that scripture for yourself, then anything and everything goes. And we talked about this specifically, um, even with the fortune telling, for example, in New Orleans, fortune telling and palm reading, that's all really big because we know that there's a huge um, influence of voodoo magic and how that's such a big influence in New Orleans. So palm readings, tarot readings, all that. Everybody's like, yeah, cool, whatever. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. And if you haven't read for yourself in the Bible where it says that those things are wrong, then you may even think, okay, well, this is, this is, this is okay. Especially if you go to one of those particular things and they say something that's accurate to something that you're experiencing. So if you go to a psychic and she talks about how 
you know, oh, yes, you have a family member who recently passed away. You may even think she's speaking from the Lord. You may be like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you sent me a sign through this psychic because you don't know the word of God for yourself. And that's why it's so important, because that's exactly what happened with Eve, because she couldn't say directly what God said, then she was deceived. And we see this with so many things, like so many things. I'll give a specific example in my life. Um, So scripture talks about not giving into sexual immorality and sexual immorality as God views it. Part of that is not giving in to have sex before marriage. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you said don't have sex till marriage. Cool. Got you. But I shared on our, on the episode of why you should come to Friendsgiving. I shared that at one point, my boyfriend, who's now my husband was living with me and my roommates. And, you know, we were sleeping in the same bed at the end of every night. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, Lord, we're not having sex. So it's fine. Until one day, I was doing my Bible study and I came across first Thessalonians 522 and it said abstain from all appearance of evil. And I was like, oh, like this isn't a good look because it definitely looks like we might be having sex because I mean, every if everybody is having sex with their boyfriends and girlfriends and no, not a, a lot of people don't believe in waiting to have sex until marriage, then why would they assume that that's what we're doing? So I remember going into my bedroom and being like, Jordan, you have to leave. Like the scripture says we have to abstain from every appearance of evil. But again, I don't know that unless I read God's word. And that's why um, that's such a big deception from the enemy. It's either getting you to not read your word or you read it and you just doubt what it says. If he can get you to discredit, if he can discredit God, then all this stuff is up for debate. But if you think about it, if we are people of faith, right, if we if the whole foundation of our faith is found in Romans 10, where it says, if you confess your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. If we believe that scripture, then how do we decide, okay, I'm going to believe this one, but not anything else. Where would that temptation even come in? I feel like it comes from, I feel like it comes from the enemy. That's a part of spiritual warfare and, and deception. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you can follow this part, but you don't have to follow that part. And that it's almost like the opposite of this um, situation with Eve. She was given the entire, her and Adam were given the entire garden to enjoy, guilt-free. And then the enemy was like, but there's that one thing you can't do. And that's how he is with you and me. I'll give you another example because y'all know I'm big on transparency. So there was a time um, this year where God was calling me to be vegan And I realized it was kind of just like a really, really, really long fast because I wasn't sure when it would end. I thought it might be a lifestyle thing. Um, At one point I was vegan for health reasons, but then God was showing me, he was like, no, I'm kind of, he was trying to set me aside and set me apart for some things. And so as a part of that, and I realized now it was really just the self-discipline piece or there's probably more to it, but I know that was something specific that I got from being vegan was learning self-discipline, learning to have more conscious eating and learning to treat my body as a temple, not just feed it junk because that was easy. But there got to be a point where I was tired of being vegan. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna be vegan, but I'm st- what about those like chocolate chip cookies or there was this bakery um, up the street from my house and they had the most delicious oatmeal raisin cookies like y'all the bomb and one day I went with my husband um, he took me 
to like celebrate something. I can't remember. And I, and I was about to eat one and God was like, this is not vegan. And I was like, but Lord, like I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm not, not eating meat. I'm not eating, you know, yeah, there's probably some milk and some dairy, you know, some milk and some eggs in this cookie, but in the grand scheme of things, look at all this other stuff I'm doing for you. It's basically what I was telling him. Look, look how good I am in all these other areas. Can you not give me this one little piece? And so he ain't say anything else. So I ate that cookie. And y'all, when I tell you I was so sick later, so sick. And it just showed me like God is not playing. If he has called you to any particular thing, and, and, and there's certain things in the Bible that are just standard, they're standard for everybody. But in the, I mean, in the Bible, it doesn't say you cannot eat meat. That was a specific conviction that he had for me. But we decide, we decide upon our, we take it upon ourselves to say, yo, you know, it's cool. This is fine. And it kind of makes me think of something, um, a pastor at our church talked about on Sunday, he came out of Proverbs fourteen twelve, which said there is a way that seems right to the, to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And y'all, he was going in and he would just talked about, he was like, it seemed right to take prayer out of schools, but now look where we are. It seemed right to, you know, let our children kind of be themselves and not be disciplined. But now we have parents who are scared of children. And it just, he just kept going in like that. And I, I and that's the whole thing. The enemy will have you be like, oh, it's just this one little thing. It's fine. But in in Eve's example, it w- may have been one apple and it literally changed the life and future of humanity. And that's 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 the new place that I've found myself when it comes to sin and particular things that God has told me not to do. I'm saying, OK, what's on the other side of this? Because I may be saying it's not a big deal, but what may I be what might I be losing As a result of me saying, you know what, this is just, this is fine for me. Like other people, they say that, you know, they can't do that, but like, this is okay for me. I can still do this. For some people, I know that's drinking. They're like, oh, okay, well, like, I don't have to get drunk to drink. Cool. But scripture also talks about not causing your brother to stumble. So if somebody sees you and they know that you're a Christ follower and you're drinking, and okay, maybe you're not even getting drunk, but again, going back to that first Thessalonians scripture, avoid even the appearance of evil. If this is not a good look for not for you, forget yourself for a second. Look at God. If he says, okay, so people walk into a room and you have this vodka tonic and they know that you're a Christ follower. How do you feel like you're representing me? And go, what do you say? What do you say? Because scripture says to be friends with the world is to be enemies with God. So are you like, oh, Lord, you know, I'm just trying to blend in and, you know, just I'm just trying to show them like Christians don't have to be that serious. You can you can have a blast and be a Christian. But there are God is he's not so small that he's like, OK, well, yeah, I understand you. You had to drink because they weren't going to believe that you could have fun. What? Get out of here with that. <laughs> And I'm not, I promise y'all, this is not me speaking like in judgment of you, but I feel like this is, these are the lies that the enemy plants in our heads and we develop his beliefs as our own beliefs or his lies as our beliefs. That we're like, oh yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not that deep. It don't even take all that. It does sometimes. It does. If you're walking out of obedience to God, then it does take all that. And you have to be more committed to following him than you are to following 
what you want to do in your own strength. So, sorry, I got a little bit, I got a little bit, uh, turned because that just, it just irritates me. Um, and not just from a, like I said, this is not me standing on my pedestal and talking about, I've been deceived myself. And so I'm like, dude, you really had me. I really thought that this was okay, but it's not okay. And the more I spend time in my word, the more I know, and I'm able to fight better because I'm, I'm not confused about what God's word says. There's, I'm not creating gray matter where it's clearly black and white. So Anyway, I said that in this whole passage, we see three things. We see that Eve desired wisdom, that she was deceived. But then what was the result of that? Giving into her desire, she distanced herself from God. And not only herself, but all of humanity. And I talked about that just now. That she said, okay, well, you know, this looks good. Seems like it's all right. I'm going to just try it. And it says in verse seven, and the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. In verse eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So she desired wisdom, which, okay, wisdom in itself is fine. But when you seek it outside of God, it's dangerous. And she desired wisdom because she was deceived. She had the enemy telling her, oh, well, no, he, he that's not really what God meant when he said that. He was just saying, like, you will be like him. And then as a result, she's distanced from God permanently. You go on to read her and Adam get kicked out of the garden and talks about how she's going to have labor pains and all these different things. And it's just like, dude, Really? All I did was eat a piece of this apple. It didn't seem that deep, but we have to trust what God's word says. We have to trust that he is faithful in his commands and that there was something that he gave me right before we moved from New Orleans. He kept telling me Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And... If you look at that passage of scripture, y'all, he says that to the people of Israel when they are in exile in Babylon. So it's not, he's not saying that in the midst of an awesome situation. They are in exile and they're, and they have 70 years that they're going to be spending in captivity. But God's like, okay, I know what it looks like, but I need you to trust me. And that ties, you can tie that. That's why it's quoted so much. And as long as you understand that context, it can apply to any situation. If you've had a death in the family, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you're having problems with money, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you are sick, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you or plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you don't know what your future will bring, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you were suicidal, like I was suicidal as a teen, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you can stand, I mean, if that's just the one scripture that you know out of the Bible. 
that that everything that God does is to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And that does not mean that God himself brings about catastrophe. But we know from Romans 8, 28, and all things work together for the good of that, of, of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Which means even if even if it's something I did, even if it's a mistake I made, God is still going to work it out for my good and his glory because he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. That is what you must choose to believe. And it's not easy, y'all. I'm not saying it's easy. For everyone who's followed my journey, you know that my husband and I have not been in a fantastic place financially for over a year. But every time I want to give in, he will bring something to me. The latest he's gotten in me is James 1, 3 through 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when any of you endures trials. For we know that trials produce endurance, but uh, endurance must do its complete work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So I said, instead of, Lord, why are we still going through this? Or why is this happening to me? I've started saying, you know what, Lord, what still needs to be made complete? What still needs to be made complete? Because if you still have me in this fire, clearly you're still trying to refine me. And that makes it so instead of looking at God as the enemy or like, you know, some bully or something, I'm able to look at him as the creator of my being. Scripture says in Psalm 139 that he that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knew us when we were in our mother's womb. And so who better than him to give us the wisdom that we need? That is how we avoid this trap that we see happened with Eve. That we say, you know what? I know my father. I know his plans for me. And I appreciate that he loved me enough to provide me with an instruction manual on how to live daily. If he loved us enough to write the Bible to inspire scripture, then can, can we not love him enough to spend some time in it and say, okay, Lord, well, what, what is it that you have for me? And that's how we become like God. That's how we develop his character by spending time with him and his word is it's his manifestation. It's it's a manifestation of him. So that's why we have to go to it for direction. We're not living in the Old Testament times where we can talk to God and hear from him audibly and everybody else around us can hear it. We're in a situation where it's like, okay, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to go to God's word to see what God says about this. There are two um, scriptures I want to leave y'all with. And I really want you to meditate on them. Psalm 19 uh, or just one, actually, just two different translations. Psalm nineteen seven through eight. It says, "The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise." 
The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The living Bible is even simpler than that. It says God's laws are perfect. They protect us, make us wise and give us joy and light. That's it. God's word is perfection. He's not telling us anything to make sure we can't have fun. He's not telling us any. And these are things I've had to tell myself. He's not telling us anything for some sort of punishment. He's just like, I love you so much that I'm leaving you with instructions. It's like his, it's, it's his will, literally his will. You think about when people pass away, they leave a will. And it says, okay, this is going to go to this person. And this is what this is going to be spent on. And I need you to do this. God leaves us his will. He gives us insight into his will in his word. And all he asks is that we would follow it. This is where it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So I want to tie it back to James 1 and 3. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, big G God, and he will give it willingly and without reproach. Meaning he's not going to give it to you and be like, okay, but don't ask me for anything else. Or, oh, here you come again, asking me for more directions. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to commune with him. He wants us to have that fellowship. But if we choose our own ways and we live in sin, then we'll be just like Eve and we'll experience distance. Being distant from God is extremely dangerous and and scary. I've been in that situation. I've been in, I've had moments and days and weeks and sometimes it would feel like months where I was asking God for direction and I got nothing. I couldn't hear from him. But it's because he's like, you don't follow my directions when I talk to you. So why would I give you further instructions? So if you're in a season where you feel like, God is silent on your situation and maybe that has led you to look to other sources where you like, okay, shoot, God ain't answering. I'm about to ask my boyfriend what he thinks I should do or I'm about to check my horoscope for the day or I'm about to do what I want to do because if he don't want to talk to me then fine okay he 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 had all these instructions for me and I was trying to listen to them but he's not talking to me so guess what I'm about to live how I want to live do not be deceived y'all that's extremely dangerous that's extremely dangerous and I just don't think it's worth it and I think I think that's where the wanting to be like God becomes dangerous also because I think in that moment when you decide you're just going to take the risk, you don't even know what's on the other side of your decision. So you just have to choose to trust him. I know I said I only had one more scripture, um, but I'm also going to share Proverbs fifteen sixteen, 
It says, better to have little with fear of the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. Better to have little with fear of the Lord than to have great treasure and inner turmoil. And I am a testimony of this. I can say that though this past year plus has been, I can't even describe it as hectic. I would describe it as emotional, especially because I'm a very emotional person. While I would describe it as emotional and uncertain, I can say like I've grown so much in God and I'm richer now in wisdom and in relationships and in even my career than I was when I was more self-centered and self-focused. I want to read this um, commentary for Proverbs fifteen sixteen. It says, these verses help establish a proper value system for forming the kind of heart described in verses 13 through 15. One who seeks knowledge recognizes that contentment is found not primarily in external circumstances, but in a life governed by the fear of the Lord. And that fear of the Lord is what is going to drive you to find wisdom in him and only him. So that is it for today's lesson, y'all. Next week, we're going to go into details of, I talked about how it's dangerous to find wisdom outside of sources, uh, from outside sources. And I touched on a few of those, whether it be, you know, looking to our relationships or looking to, um, all of it ties into looking to the creation instead of the creator, whether you're looking at the stars or you're looking to a person or you're looking at the land. I don't know. Whatever you're looking at, if it's not God, then it's a counterfeit. So anyway, over the next few weeks, like I said, we'll be talking about counterfeit versus real. Um, We're talking about truth versus lies and we're going to end with the armor of God. Um, I I did a study, Priscilla Shire's study on the armor of God um, earlier this summer, and it really changed the game for me because I would always read like, oh, put on the full armor of God and read the different pieces of the armor of God. But I'm like, but what does that mean? And she does a great job of breaking that down. So I'll be sharing um, some of the insight that I gained from that book. Um, I would encourage you even before that lesson to get that book if you have not already. I promise you she's not paying me to say that. Uh, that would be great. Hey, Priscilla, if you know, <laughs> I have a great following if you would like to sponsor me no but um she's not paying me to say that I just that book is life-changing and I think that it really does have the ability to equip the people of God to live the way that they should be living so we'll be ending the series with that um so I'd encourage you to get that you can get it on Amazon it's like 20 something dollars uh which is more on the expensive side but totally worth it I had to just be like listen if this is my If this helps with my spiritual development, then I have to look at it as an investment. So I would encourage you to get that book in the meantime. Um, But that is all for this week. If you I know we talked about a lot of things. I talked about a lot of scripture. And like I said, I'll be linking to specific passages um, 
in the show notes, but I also want to, before we close out, um, ask you to take a moment to leave us a five-star review. I'm letting people know what you like about the podcast so we can expand our reach. If you listen to this episode and you are um, interested in seeking God for wisdom, but don't know where to begin, start in the scriptures. It's a very It's a very key piece. Um, If you have been a part of our community for a while and, you know, you want to know more about this whole purpose-driven, purpose-living thing, then I'd encourage you again to join our email list, blackgirlspurpose.org slash join, and you'll get a free Purpose Pathway ebook from me. Um, It helps you discover and live out your purpose, um, which is found in God, but it just asks specific questions that... uh, are going to be unique to you. The answers are going to be unique to you because we have all been made individually. And I think that is it for this week, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this lesson to be insightful, please share it with somebody and then let me know what you think. I think we'll do an Instagram post just asking what your opinion is on everything. And if you have specific questions about specific things that I mentioned and if it's not like covered in scripture that I link in the show notes then you can email me b-r-i-e at blackgirlsofpurpose.org um this is a not a you know one-sided ministry I want to have conversations with people and um I want you to be growing spiritually so I know I said it like four times but for real (laughs) that's all this week I look forward to talking with you all next week about counterfeit versus real and yeah that's it pursue purposeful living it's never that easy to choose purpose but i would die to my flesh live a life of worship i'm really 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 trying to make it into heaven i'm trying to him say two words like well done